1: You're listening to MLB.com
0: Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Tim McMaster here along with our MLB.com Mets reporter, Anthony DeComo. And Anthony, over the Mets' last 12 games heading into – Tuesday, nine and three over the last twelve, just a game behind the Cardinals now for that second wild card berth. They've been helped out by the fact that the Cardinals struggling, the Pirates struggling. It seems like everybody's playing bad baseball except for the Mets, um, which which can't hurt for sure. And a key week here with the Reds and the Braves back to back. I get the feeling the Mets need to have a four and two or five and one week against that competition.
1: Yeah, and that's perfectly reasonable to expect, given the caliber of the competition they're facing. Obviously, the Reds and the Braves, both last-place teams, uh, they'll go back to Washington after that and and face a national team that, while very good, might be in the process of wrapping up the division at that point, so it it remains to be seen how motivated they'll be. Uh, And then they face another last-place team in the Twins. Uh, They've got the Braves again down the stretch, so a very, very easy schedule. And the Mets have put themselves in a position now where they've gotten through the hard part of their schedule, and given the quality of the rest of it, uh, they would really uh, need to be bad to not be in the conversation the final week of the season. And that's not to say that they'll ultimately overtake the Cardinals or the the Giants or hold off the other teams that are chasing them now, Um, but it would take a lot for them to not at least be in the conversation that final week of the season. And that would have been pretty outlandish if I said that to you a month ago. They've played really well, as you've said, Uh, They've played really well against the teams they've needed to, that being the Marlins and the Cardinals specifically, uh, to get back into this thing. And uh, now it's, look, we've got three, four weeks left in the season. Let's see where they end up.
0: Jay Bruce returns to Cincinnati. He gets the nice, uh, as expected, I think, warm greeting. They play a video before the game. Um, And and then he came out also this week, and he kind of, went on the record as far as his feelings about playing the Mets and I, and I think playing for the Mets and, and basically saying a lot was kind of blown up that maybe people saying he didn't want to play for the Mets. That was never actually the case. The case was that the Reds came to him and said, who would you like to play for specifically? And he gave three teams basically, and the Mets weren't one of those. So kind of clarifying and clearing the air and, feel like Mets fans probably appreciate the honesty from Bruce, and and he made it clear that, hey, it wasn't that I didn't want to play for the Mets. They weren't the ones that came off. They just weren't the team that I threw out there off the start as the team that I most likely wanted to go to.
1: Yeah, and he's a bright, thoughtful guy, and, and frankly, I believe him when he says that. And, you know, you see this a lot with players who get traded, specifically players in Bruce's case, where he's only known one team. He's only known one organization his entire career. So, the thought of getting traded elsewhere is, is can be scary. Um, and you look at a guy like Jay Bruce playing in a small market, uh, really one of baseball's smallest markets his entire career, and while the Reds have been good for some of those years, they also haven't been lately. Um, and then going from that and going to the biggest market in New York and you know all the horror stories you hear about us in the media and, and whatever else might be going on, uh, it can be intimidating. So I would understand why a guy like Jay Bruce wouldn't want to put the Mets on his top three teams, but the other thing you see in cases like this is I think, I think guys get there, and they realize it's still baseball, it's still a clubhouse full of guys, just like the ones he came from, and then you get caught up in the heat of a, of a pennant race like the Mets are Dow and, and it really quickly starts to feel like home. I think you heard that a lot from the guys uh, the Mets acquired last year. I think Kelly Johnson's a great example, and not totally in the same boat, because he's played for a million teams, uh, but when Kelly Johnson first game for the Mets last summer, that was a tough transition for him, only in that he makes his off-season home in Georgia. He was happy with the Braves. Yeah, it was a losing team uh, that wasn't going to sniff the playoffs, but he he enjoyed it there, and he knew what it was. Uh, So coming to the Mets, uh, A, there was no guarantee last year when Kelly Johnson got traded that they would be in contention, uh, and B, it was going to this uh, relatively foreign place, and I think that can be scary for a lot of people. Uh, I, I think Jay Bruce certainly... Probably had a doubt or two uh, when he got traded to New York, but he's here now. He seems pretty happy now, and most importantly for him and for the Mets, he has started hitting. Uh, uh, It took a couple weeks, but he's getting there. He's got a couple of home runs in the last week, and that's going to be huge for the Mets if he can keep doing that down the stretch.
0: You mentioned the home runs, and the Mets have hit a lot of home runs, or or rather— They've accounted for a lot of their runs with the home run, Anthony. I think the percentage right now, 53.2% of their runs have come via the long ball, uh, which is exciting, and fans love the home run. It just seems like that's not always the most reliable way to score runs, especially down the stretch in the postseason. It's gotten the job done recently, though. Are there concerns that they rely too much on the home run?
1: Uh, I mean, I think there's a concern in that you know you saw for a large stretch of midseason when they're not hitting home runs, they do struggle to score. They had one of the worst offenses in baseball the Mets did for a large chunk of the season, June, July, um, and only recently have they begun scoring again because, like you said, they hit home runs. Now, I'm not necessarily convinced it's a bad thing, uh, but what I will say is this. It's the way this team is built, and it's the way they're going to win And lose, and regardless of how you feel about it, uh, clearly the front office doesn't mind it because they have uh, kind of emphasized power over all else. Uh, It's not going to change, and maybe it's not a great recipe in the postseason where you're facing very good pitching on a near-nightly basis, uh, but it's not as if this uh, Mets roster, with the exception of a couple players, uh, certainly Jose Reyes and his midseason acquisition helps this, but they're not just going to go out and all of a sudden start stealing bases and hitting and running. Uh, they won't find success that way. It's not how they're built. It's not their strength. Their strength is hitting the ball over the wall, and they've got really one through eight a lineup that can do it, maybe with the exception of first base and and James Loney, uh, who hasn't hit for very much power at all. Um, The other seven guys who they're putting out there on a daily basis are capable of hitting home runs. So, yeah, they're going to bludgeon the ball a lot. They're also going to have some games where they run up against a good, Max Scherzer or Carlos Martinez or Clayton Kirscher or whoever else, and they'll wind up scoring zero runs or one run. Uh, That's kind of the way it's been for most of this season. That's kind of the way it was last year. Uh, When they got hot down the stretch and when they were playing the best baseball the Mets have played for for the better part of a decade, uh, they were doing it with pitching and they were doing it with home runs. Uh, It's really no different this year. And, uh, you know, people can complain about it. People can gripe about it. People can like it. But the simple fact of the matter is it's not going to change.
0: When Bartolo Colon got off to a great start, Anthony, I think a lot of people assumed at some point, being 43 years old, he would probably tire a little bit down the stretch. And, and early in the year, the thought was, hey, Zach Wheeler will be here, no problem. Of course, the best plans don't really work out all the time. But Colon, since August 1st, seven starts, four and one, a two two five ERA. Maybe he hit a few bumps in the road along the way, but he's pitching great right now, and the team needs it, obviously with all the injuries. Um, how is he still doing it? How is he not tired at this point in the season?
1: <laughs> well, he is a marvel. Um, <laughs> and, you know, if you had told me back in April uh, that Bartolo Cullen would still be in the rotation in September, that wouldn't have surprised you one bit because injuries happen. And he was clearly uh, that guy that, that the Mets liked the depth he gave them. They liked the, the support he could provide if one of the other pitchers goes down or if Zach Wheeler couldn't come back as, Both things wound up happening, but that doesn't surprise me that he's still in the rotation. It does surprise me that he's pitching as well as he is, and, uh, you know, all I can say is this. He, because of the way he looks, uh, because of the laughs he gets, the things he does hitting-wise, and and just his overall appearance, uh, he really gets underrated in terms of how hard he works. He works as hard as anyone. Um, You know, the stories are legendary of him Uh, In the weight room, uh, he'll go late at night to the gym, the hotel gym where the team is staying, and work out. Um, He puts in a lot of hours. Uh, This isn't just a once-every-five-days proposition for Bartolo Colon. He really does put in the work, and uh, I think you're seeing the effects of it because this is a time of year where if your body is not conditioned to throw 200 innings, uh, you can wear down pretty quickly, and it can show uh, pretty easily. And Bartolo Colon is clearly conditioned to do it, uh, well, he might not have expected to be in the uh, rotation at this point, certainly he was okay with the idea of going to the bullpen like he did in the playoffs last year. He was okay with that when he signed the Mets. Took a little less money to come back to New York, but he liked the situation here. He liked the players. He liked the idea of being a mentor to some of these younger pitchers. Um, all of that's well and good, but he is, at the end of the day, very much conditioned uh, to throw 200-plus innings, and you're seeing it right now. The Mets would not be in this playoff chase without him.
0: Call-ups, obviously, are here, Anthony, and I guess Gavin Cicchini getting the call-up for the Mets. Um, What can he give them here in September?
1: Well, he's an interesting guy because he's a shortstop. He's been a shortstop his whole life. Um, The Mets don't really have a hole at shortstop right now, and they don't have a hole at shortstop necessarily next year. They do have a hole at second base, and uh, only very recently, in the past week or so, has Gavin Cicchini started working out at second base. He's going to go to the Arizona Fall League after the season, to play second, and he could very well be a solution for them uh, now that, you know, Neil Walker certainly a ton of uncertainty over him. He's going to be a free agent, going to be coming off that back surgery, and Dilson Herrera, who was that second baseman of the future, is no longer in the organization. So maybe Shakini is an answer. I think right now in September, uh, the Mets are just looking, A, to give him a little exposure at the big league level, get his feet wet a little bit. Uh, you don't see that a ton from contending teams, but I think it's a good spot for Shakini to do that. And, B, maybe he gives them a little bit of a spark. He is coming off a great, great season at AAA. Uh, hit around 330 something over the course of the year and, uh, you know, has really come on strong in the past couple of seasons. This is a guy who I think a lot of people viewed as a bust uh, after he was taken in the first round uh, way back in 2012 or 2013. And the uh, past couple of years, specifically this season, he's really come on strong. Obviously knows how to handle the bat he is posting some high batting average, and in that sense gives a little bit of a an element that the Mets don't necessarily have, like you said earlier with the home runs. Uh, Gavin is not a big home run guy, but he is a big batting average guy, and uh, certainly that could be an interesting look for the Mets uh, off the bench late in the game.
0: Yeah, definitely a good guy to get a look at as far as fans go here in September. Maybe the future, as you said, it up the middle. Great stuff, as always, Anthony. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Mets edition for Anthony DiComo. I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next week.